Welcome to another edition of First Word from First Church. This is Pastor Dave Buchanan at the First Church in Sutton. Please enjoy the message and may God bless you richly through it. Our first reading this morning is from Paul's letter to the, to the Romans, chapter 13, verses 8 through 14. Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For he who loves his fellow man has fulfilled the law. The commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not covet, and whatever other commandment there may be are summed up in this one rule. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to its neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. And do this understanding the present time. The hour has come for you to wake up from your slumber, because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Our second reading is from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 15 through 20. If your brother or sister sins against you, go and show him his fault just between the two of you. If he listens to you, you have won your brother or sister over. But if he will not listen, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, treat him as you would a pagan or a tax collector. I tell you the truth, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three come together in my name, there am I with them. Thanks be to God for his holy word. Thank you, Paul. Quick confession, no judgment involved because I've, I've had many conversations about this gospel passage from Matthew. Is anybody bothered by it at all? Especially when I see at least one nod, one honest, one candid, not honest, one candid response. It used to bother me. And if a church committee is taking this up and reading this together and putting it, I don't know, maybe in the first church bylaws, and then we apply the words, here's words that will bother congregationalists, church discipline. We don't even talk those words, do we? Let's, let's listen to what Jesus might have said here. Words that may have been retranslated after, because when he says take it to the church, uh, when he said it, there wasn't a church, there was a fellowship of believers who were the disciples gathered. 
But let, let's listen to what this really is. And not so much church discipline or, or legalistic verses. You're nicely chopped up. Go alone, take two as a verse, go to the church as a verse, and the last one, throw them out. I mean, treat them as a pagan and a tax collector is another verse. It's like, we like bullet lists, but not this one. But I do. Used otherwise. If a brother or sister in some way Jesus doesn't mince words. He sins against you. If relationship is broken between sister and brother or sister and sister or brother and brother within the family of God, within the, the family that is the church, go and show him his or her fault just between the two of you. And take a word that scares church people and try to break it apart. Does, do you like to hear that you have to confront somebody? Most of us don't like the word. Confront comes out of the Latin meaning forehead to forehead. Le front in French is your forehead. Con is with. It just means face to face. The phrase visage in French, the face is le visage, and it comes from the eyes. Levi. Vis-a-vis means eyes to eyes. In German, if you're going to have a, a private conversation, you say, can I buy you a cup of coffee and we'll talk about that? Unter vier Augen. Under four eyes. Four eyes only. For our eyes only. Face to face. In other words, please, literally for God's sake, do not text it. Don't email it. Don't send up smoke signals or something. Because I know I've sent an email that didn't have emotion, expression, tone of voice or anything else, just cold hard words. And I didn't mean them to be cold hard words, but it's how it came out, didn't it? My kids have learned, and some folks in this church that try to communicate with me, I spend a lot of time in my car. If it's important, don't text me, please. I don't do that. I value my life too much to text and drive. Seen too many near misses. So those who know me know that if you text me and I'm on the road somewhere and it looks important, I can read the text real quick on my watch, but I can't respond. I will call you back if I can while I'm driving and you'll put up with a road noise because I need to hear your voice at least. One of the, I guess, good things that came out of our need to distance for a while there was the use of Zoom or Google Meet or I forget what Microsoft calls theirs, Teams or something. The ability to see one another, although you can blank your screen too easily. There are a lot of things that go with talking to a sister or brother with whom there's a rift. Because talking about it kind of distills the bitterness, doesn't it? Kind of makes it stronger. If you're feeding on it with other people, oh, you were treated terribly. Go talk to the friend. If it's at all safe and possible, one time out of a thousand is probably not a good idea. Because then that untofia augen, the look in the eyes, the life, the body language of open arms, hopefully not. That one's a little defensive, but 
the natural setting of being with someone whom you love enough to try to restore a relationship. This isn't legalistic half as much as it is relational. I mean, there comes a point where others need to help, but God willing, you never get past verse 15. Because someone says, I never meant it that way. Or I did, but I repent. Or the relationship's worth more than whatever you think I said. Please forgive me, I love you. And you've regained, and he uses family language, you've regained a brother or sister. Whether it's a blood relation or a church relation, or just a loving relation, you've regained someone. If you go confront, face to face, vis-a-vis, unter vier Augen, there's probably a few other ways to say it I haven't included. But it's worth daring to do that. In fact, as the offended one, you might offer to buy the coffee. But whatever it takes, if you can, go and be winsome. Old-fashioned word that a teacher I've, I've sat with used to use, to win someone back. Sweetest words you know how to do that. Now, this may not work. Sadly, sometimes... Someone means to do hurt or refuses to recognize and repent of the hurt. And one-on-one, you, you just haven't got, well, these fancy words say chemistry. You haven't got the words. You're praying for the Spirit to give you the words, but the Spirit may not have unblocked someone's ears yet to hear them. Take a friend or two along. Now, they use language in here Quoting, every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. That's because in a, in a court of Jewish law of Jesus' day and long before, one person could not go to the, the small court decisions of the priests with, and just say, this happened. Or one witness couldn't come and say, I saw this theft. You had to have two or three witnesses under Jewish law for a matter to stick. One-on-one -on -one was tricky. Unless there were other evidence, one witness didn't do it. Now, that's the legal side. That's the if-it-doesn't-work side. You got witnesses. Let's go back to what works. Maybe you've benefited, I have, from a conversation where I needed somebody there who loved us both. I needed somebody there who didn't care so much about determining who had wronged whom, or whether somebody had taken offense that wasn't meant, or all of the legalities of it. But there's one or two people along who love both of us enough, who care about our relationship enough to hear well. Hopefully to mediate well. If it gets to arbitration, it means somebody's being told what to do. Mediation means you're being won over to do it. A good mediator or two. I hope you're aware, guests might not be, that we have folks in this church who actually dedicate work and learning around that very thing. We've got a kind of a long name for it, trying to catch everything. But I, Dan, help me if I get the name wrong. Pastor Parish Relations, Pulpit Parish Relations Committee. And it isn't just about your relationship with me. They have committed 
to being present, loving a relationship and loving two members of the church enough to hear and love, to try to ask winsome questions and love, and try to seek reconciliation and to love. We have folks committed to doing that in our church to help. And there's some very special training. I went through several days of it years ago uh, on how to do that. I probably need a refresher course. It's something that erodes over time. So this isn't just two or three witnesses. When it fails, we have two or three witnesses. Because then it's to be brought to the fellowship of believers, and we all together try to love someone back into right doing and right speaking and right loving. I think it's tough. We don't like our mistakes aired to too many sisters and brothers at once. But sadly, and, and the Apostle Paul wrote about it in even greater detail than Jesus spoke it, there were times even in the early church where someone's miscreants, let's say someone's sin, was so much that it was causing hurt to the church and hurt to others within the church. And in the first letter of Corinthians, he says, the shenanigans that this one's doing is worse than the Gentiles around you. Put him out for a while. Don't welcome him at the Lord's table. Don't let him sing with the, with the congregation. Ouch! Congregationalists don't do that. And Paul said there comes a time. Now, you've got to keep reading when you read the scriptures, though, because in 2 Corinthians, the next letter, he says, okay, he's been out long enough, and I think he got the message, go win him back. Don't leave him out in the wilderness outside the, the, sheep, the sheepfold. Take care of him. Bring him back. The devil's had him long enough. The church needs him back. And there's... Treat him as you would a pagan or a tax collector. Ouch, that's an outsider. That's someone we don't know. That's disowning a brother or a sister. What did Jesus do with pagans and tax collectors? You remember? Darren? He invited them in. He ate with them. He forgave them. He blessed them. He didn't say go out and keep doing it. He, he did say go forth and sin no more. But he said... Your Father in heaven forgives you. So the, the person, God forbid, somebody either in your personal relationship or in the relationships of the church has to be a pagan or a tax collector for a time. But treat them as Jesus did. We don't stop being winsome. We don't stop trying to win somebody back. Every soul is worth so much to Jesus Christ that we need to do whatever it takes, say whatever is, is true, honest, and loving to win people back. On the gentler end of that, and it bears saying on a rally Sunday or Sundays when we're going to see people on the golf course or we saw people at breakfast on Monday and I had people say, well, you know, pastor, I haven't been to church for a long time. And I always say, I didn't ask. I don't ask. All I say, and I hope you'll do the same thing, it will be great to see you when we do. And if somebody comes that hasn't been here for a while, I hope the first things out of you 
is, oh, it's so good to see you. Please don't say long time no see. Oh, gee, how long has it been since you came to church anyway? No. Be winsome. Be welcoming. Let them know the water's warm so they'll dive in. That's how we treat those that, even though they haven't become a pagan attached collector, they just became estranged. They haven't come to the family reunion for a while. Welcome them back. Then something that has been taken a wrong, we can make anything wrong out of Scripture if we want. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. That has been taken when it's legalistic, that if the church forgives the sin, it's forgiven in heaven. If the church won't forgive the sin, it's not forgiven in heaven. But it comes after relationships. The relationships that we bust on earth the church is supposed to be a, a humble reflection of heaven in some ways. Even the temple was supposed to be a reflection of God's holy place in heaven. If we destroy relationships here on earth, we look forward to seeing loved ones in heaven again. If we destroy the love, this says that that will be broken in heaven too. Ouch. Ouch. The love, the relationships that we repair here are repaired for eternity. That's the stakes that are involved with this going to confront vis-a-vis, -vis, however you're going to do it. That's the stakes. Jesus, Jesus, not Paul, not anybody else in the Bible, that Jesus told us. Agreeing about anything by two or more is probably a whole extra message for another Sunday. Nobody's arguing to keep going. It's, it's steamy up here. It's almost as bad down there. So, yes, it can protect the body of Christ in the extreme when we fail. But when we succeed, we restore loving relationships one-on-one -on -one and as a family of church that go beyond this life into the life of the kingdom of God. We're called to do it, and if we pray for the strength of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit gives us the words and the courage to follow through. Thanks be to God. Amen and amen. Thank you for having joined us for First Word from First Church. We pray that God has blessed you in some way, in His way, through the message that we have just shared with you. Please join us again. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance over you and give you peace. Amen and amen.